uh, pray for me this morning. Pray for the anointing. I want to share a word with you that I pray just touches you and will carry you through this Christmas season. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you one more time. Lord, we pray to you several times in our service, but it's not in vain because, Lord, you hear us. You know us. You know what we have need of before we ask. And, God, I pray right now that you would anoint my words, anoint my lips, God. Lord, that I would speak, thus saith the Lord, nothing more, nothing less, God. Anoint the ears of the hearer right now, God. By, as the word goes forth, let it, let it have signs and wonders following, God. There are miracles that are needed in the house today, and you are the miracle-working God. So, Lord, let your, let your word go forth with signs and wonders following. Lord, let the hearer be more than just a hearer, but a doer of the word. Lord, put the word in action this morning in our hearts, God, as we, as we meditate and look and dive into your word, Lord, let knowledge abound, let wisdom abound in us, Lord God. Make us mindful of your things, God. We drive out distraction, we drive out complacency, we drive out tiredness right now in the name of Jesus, and we ask that your word would have free reign and free course. We know that it has integrity. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter number 2. And I'm going to just read the Christmas story, a few verses from the Christmas story. I had somebody ask me last week, I wonder what Christmas song you will use for a title this next week. Because all December I have used Christmas songs for titles and messages. And this week it's no different. Uh, this, town, this week's Christmas message is called, O Little Town of Bethlehem. O little town of Bethlehem. And the Bible says in, cha in chapter 2 of the book of Luke, it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out, I'm sorry, that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And I'm reminded of the Christmas skit right now when the, when the king was saying, Everybody go home so I can tax you and count you. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor over Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. I want you to hold your finger right there if you want to, and turn with me to the book of Micah. Chapter number five of Micah. Chapter number five of Micah. And the Bible says in verse number one and two, it says, Now gather thyself and thy troops, O daughter of truth. He hath laid siege against us. They shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon the cheek. Verse number two that I want to focus on this morning. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, thou, uh, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall be come forth unto me that is to be the ruler of Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from of old, and from everlasting. This is the promise that, that had to be fulfilled by the Messiah to be born in the little town of Bethlehem. The, the prophet Micah had spoken it, and, and God said, listen, I'm going to bring forth 
I'm going to bring forth this Jesus. I'm going to bring forth this son. This Before John 3.16 could ever be written, before for God so loved the world could ever be written, he had to choose the place where he was going to impute his son into this world. And it's not by circumstance or by coincidence that that, that Joseph had to move his family the 70 miles that it was from Nazareth to Bethlehem and, and while his wife was, was, was heavy with child in this time when she shouldn't have been necessarily traveling. But the Bible had said that it needed to be, Micah in, in, his, uh, in the fifth chapter said, that thou, O Bethlehem, even though you are small among the thousands of Judah, preach with me, sister, uh, yet if you're small among the thousands of Judah, you will be great in the eyes of the Lord, is what the scripture is saying. That out of you shall come forth he that is the ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. That could only be talking about one person, and that is the person Jesus. Amen? I, I said amen, Harper. That's got to be Harper. Is it Harper? It's Hadley today. Hallelujah. They're all getting with it. Amen. Uh, but but listen, it wasn't by circumstance that, that Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. And so I want to talk to you just a little bit about the idea of Bethlehem, about the little town of Bethlehem that Jesus was born in this morning. We know that the Bible says there in Luke and in, in other accounts, it says that they had to go from where they were at Nazareth to Bethlehem. And as I already told you, it was about a 70-mile journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And I know that Mary Listen, they don't travel the way we do nowadays, but if you're nine months pregnant, I don't know anything about this, ladies, but if you're nine months pregnant, you probably don't want to be traveling when you're nine or ten months pregnant, 40 weeks or whatever. When it's time to have your baby, you don't want to be traveling in that vehicle going 70 miles or, or maybe the equivalent, let's just say it like this, the equivalent of three days worth of travel in a vehicle. Can you just imagine it now? Wouldn't that make you happy with hubby? If you just had to go, you know, three days journey, and I don't care how comfortable the vehicle is, I don't care what kind of plush, you know, leather seating you might get to sit on, moms, can you testify with me today that it wouldn't be a pleasant journey to go three days in a vehicle, no matter how nice it was when you were getting ready to pop. Can I get a witness? When you, yeah, try, try it with two babies, right? Amen. But listen, she she had to go a step farther. I can just see it now. You know, Joseph, because he was a, a you know a, a man's man, he was letting a, he was letting Mary ride on the most comfortable thing that she could ride on, and just making the trip completely pleasant for her. Though she was on top of the horse. You know, we're talking three days journey, not in a nice leather seating or, you know, a nice, you know, comfortable spot, not even, you know, laying down. He didn't get her a carriage or anything. She had to just ride on the mule. That would be terrible. You know, and I, I can just see it right now, this Joseph leading out in front. And, you know, I'm sure she didn't nag at all. I'm sure it was just like a pleasant trip. I'm sure, you know, she was just like, I'm just so excited to go on this journey. I know I'm going to have a baby anytime. I could have a baby on the roadside. You know, it's just awesome. Isn't that what you guys would be thinking? I'm asking some questions of the women here today. I don't know. I'm just speaking out of turn a little bit. But 
but, but you know, I can just imagine that this was not a pleasant trip that she was get, that she was endeavoring on. But it was something that had to be done. You know, I need you to understand something, and uh, that that we all need to understand that the scripture says that not one jot or tittle will be changed in this scripture. And so God said that it would happen in Bethlehem. And so whether Mary liked it or not, whether Joseph liked it or not, listen, he didn't ask him to be in Nazareth at the time. I, I can hear the Lord speaking to some of us saying, God, why are you bringing me on this journey? I'm, I'm, I'm finding a point that will preach real quick here. This isn't anything that I had to talk about. But we're all saying, God, why do you bring me on this journey? It's so long. It's so hard. It's uncomfortable. I mean, my goodness, it's like being pregnant, um, 40 weeks pregnant and on a journey on a mule for three days. My goodness. And I hear the Lord saying, I didn't make you live in Nazareth. I didn't make you be where you are. I'm trying to get you to your land of promise. I don't I don't read anywhere in the scripture that when Abraham went into the promised land that he complained when God said wherever your feet go, I'm going to give that land to you. I didn't say I didn't hear anywhere where Abraham said, "Man, is there any way I could just get stuff that I look at, God, instead of walking to it?" I believe we live in a society y'all will get it later when you get home. But I, I believe we live in a society today that just wants everything uh, that they see but they don't want to put their feet to go to the promise. But God said in his word that my word is going to go forth and it won't return unto me void. And there will be nothing that will be changed in this word. So he said his son was going to be born in Bethlehem. The one who was from old that is from everlasting to everlasting would be born in Bethlehem. And so he was in Bethlehem. You know, I found out, I, di- I didn't really know this, I've never really uh, studied into this, but uh, in studying this out, I found out that, you know, it, there wasn't really any motels back in those days, Brother Terry. The, you know, we talk about the innkeeper, I mean, I just sang the song, I realized last night my whole song was the same, but I couldn't, I didn't have time to do something else, so it is what it is, but um, there, there wasn't motels, there wasn't an inn. That word in in the Bible is really more more appropriately translated guest room. Because I, I just just so that you have a little lesson today, um, the way that the houses were prepared, there was no motel. That thing didn't exist. Okay, there was nobody that was renting out rooms. They had the marketplace that would have animals and things like that could have a manger in it. And you might be able to rent that place out. It was covered and it was a marketplace like a vendor stand. So that may have been the place where Mary and Joseph ended up. More likely, though, the houses were built in in two levels and possibly a third level. On the lower level of the house was the area where the animals stayed And during the day, the family lived. So they lived together with the animals. And in the back of that place was probably a manger where they would put the food and the the food troughs and everything. And so the manger was nothing more than just a food trough, basically. And so above that was the area, the living quarters where they would sleep at. And then they would come down into the regular parts of the house. But then above that, sometimes they would put like a tent type of structure on the roof of the house. And that could be the spare bedrooms. I need everybody to pay attention to this and understand that when Mary and Joseph were going into Bethlehem, they were going to the place where Joseph was from. They were going to his homeland. The reason they had to go there was because he was of the house of David. And so they were going there. And no doubt they had a bunch of family there. I see family, especially the Weaver family over here. 
I see Everett is sitting back there. Good to see you in the house of God, Brother Everett. And I can imagine, Sister Lola, that if the family was coming into town and they didn't live around here, which we know a lot of y'all live around here, but if they were coming to town and you would you would just make room for them, right? I mean, you wouldn't say, hey, go try and fend for yourself, especially if there wasn't any motels in existence. We're talking about Mary and Joseph. Joseph, no doubt, had family in Bethlehem. He was going to his house to be with his house. And still, we talk about the innkeeper. We talk about the fact that there was no room for them and some stranger didn't make a place for them. But the reality is their own family didn't make a place for them. The reality is that the, what was what was really known as the inn, there was no room for them in the inn, was the guest room. If there was a guest quarters, there was no room for them there, so they had to stay down in the lower level in the manger in Bethlehem. You talk about humble beginnings. How would it be if your own family wouldn't even give you a place to stay? You see, on this Christmas time, I feel like it's so easy for us to 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 decide that it was just it wasn't family it was just an innkeeper some stranger that turned them away but really it was their own loved ones that had turned them away there in that town of Bethlehem and what I want to talk to you about for just a couple more minutes this morning you hear me amen I'm just being real time conscious I mean you know that's how I am what I want to talk to you about for just a moment this morning is why Bethlehem now we know that the scripture said that that the Savior was supposed to come forth in Bethlehem. And that's reason enough for me, Brother Terry. If God said that it's supposed to be in Bethlehem, then we'll just do it. Let's do it in Bethlehem. If God tells me, Brother Paul, you're supposed to go to Springfield, I don't need to like Springfield. Matter of fact, I don't know how many of you heard this story, but me and Deidre, we were thinking about planting a church in Branson area. We knew we wanted to be in the southwest west corner of the state. And when we drove through Springfield, we had an inkling that this church was going to become open. And we both had a nice family discussion where we said, and the kids were involved, and we and we all decided unanimously that we don't want to come to Springfield. It was a it was an absolute for sure thing. We just you know we we talked about it and we said you you know there's nothing there for us. But you know I heard the Lord say, you're going to Springfield, and then all of a sudden in the same phone call that I heard the Lord say. I heard the bishop say, you need to go to Springfield. I need to clarify. I heard the bishop say, you need to go to Springfield. But then I heard the Lord say, yes, the bishop telling you the truth. You need to go to Springfield. Because I had it in my mind, the bishop was calling me. I knew what he was calling about. And I was going to, you know, be asked to go to Springfield. Well, I was, she looked at me and I looked at her and it was just, okay, here I'm picking up the phone and I'm going to tell him no, because that's what we talked about, you know. And so I got on the phone, and sure enough, the Lord began to speak with me, and I heard the Lord say, go to Springfield. And something happened. When you hear the voice of the Lord say something, when you hear the voice of the Lord tell you that you're going to do something, all of a sudden, no matter how good of a conversation, no matter how much of your wisdom you have put into it, no matter how much knowledge that you think you may have in the matter, no matter how much you've rationalized it and decided what you do or don't want to do, if God says that you're going to do something, then you better do
do it because I heard a long time ago, an old time preacher told me once, he said, if God's got a ways and means committee like you ain't never seen before, and if he wants to get you to do something, you're going to do it. You may not like the way that you have to do it. That's why I talk to people with lost loved ones. The worst thing you can do is have a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandma grandma or grandpa or an aunt or an uncle begin to pray for you, and you don't want to turn to the Lord, and you don't want to do the things of God because I'm telling you, God has a ways in me, and if God said that you're going to be saved, if God promised grandma that little Johnny was going to be saved, he may not like the way that God brings him in if he chooses not to follow the ways of God, but God will bring him in. He's going to give him every opportunity to receive the Lord that he could possibly get. If that means bringing him in on a stretcher or in a wheelchair, then God will have it done because if God said it, it shall come to pass. I don't know who I'm talking to in the house this morning, but if God said that you are healed, you're the healed of the Lord. If God said that he's going to make a way for you, then he's going to make a way for you. If God said that your family was going to be reconciled, then you're going to have reconciliation. I don't care what anybody else has told you. I don't know what the circumstances have told you. If God said it, then it's enough. Look at your neighbor and say, it's enough. It's enough. Come on, I know it's Christmas, but we're still Pentecostal. Somebody say amen. Listen, it's enough. God said that they were going to be born in Bethlehem. And I said, God, why did you choose Bethlehem? So we know God God said it, and so that's good enough. But I began to look at this. Why Bethlehem? What, what is it about Bethlehem? Well, many of you may or may not know this, but, I, but Bethlehem is uh, just five miles outside of Jerusalem. Bethlehem is about five miles to the southwest of Jerusalem. And we know that I was thinking about this. I, I even I Googled it. Why was Jesus not born in Jerusalem? Because we all know that, you know, that, that, that Jerusalem is God's city. This is, you know, this is the city of peace. This is this is the city that God is setting up. Matter of fact, the Bible says in the last days that there, you know, that he's gonna he's gonna reign in the new Jerusalem. Amen. And Melchizedek was the priest of Jerusalem uh, of Salem. And I'm telling you, uh that 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 I was wondering, why, God, did you not make your son be born in the place where he was going to have kingship over? And he said, he said this to me, and I need you to understand this is this is the premise of the whole message today, that the way that God, uh, he, he does it, he says that I brought my son into the world. I came into this world just outside of the throne, just outside of my castle, just outside of my city, just outside of the place of my inhabitants. You see, it was Jesus wasn't born in Jerusalem, even though Jerusalem was the place that he was supposed to reign. He was born just outside. And I heard the Lord say to me, that's how I am in every one of my people's lives. You're born into sin. It's man's nature to sin. But he said, I'm just outside. I'm just outside. I'm just, I've I've come into your, listen, I I hear the Lord saying this, and I heard him as I was preparing this message, saying that I'm just outside the city gates. I'm just outside the city walls. I'm just outside the door of your heart. If you would just open the door and let me in, let me put it to you in scriptural terms. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And will, will any man let me enter? Behold, I stand at the door now. Because Jesus entered to, through this through this world the way that he's trying to enter into each and every one of our lives. You know, we all have Jesus outside of us knocking at 
the door of our heart every single day, saying, will you let me come in? And he was born just that same way. He was born just outside of Jerusalem, saying, I was born out here, but I need to come in there. There's a, there's a place of my throne. It's at the, city, at the seat of the temple. And I hear the Lord saying this morning that you have a temple of your heart, this temple of the Holy Ghost. And God is saying, I'm outside, just a little bit outside, but I'm there and I'm knocking. Will you let me come in? Just the way that he came into this world, just outside of Jerusalem. He's just outside, away from us. What I'm not saying that the Lord is away from us if we are not, if we are believers. But what I'm telling you this morning is that if you are a non-believer or if you are not in covenant relationship with God, then he is just outside the doors of your heart. Saying, behold, I knock. This Christmas season, he's knocking. To your families, he's knocking. To your loved ones, he's knocking. When we leave this place and we go about our business, he's going to be knocking. He's going to be knocking on the on the doors. When we leave, listen, I know many, mo- most everybody in this room, I know. I, I know by the fruits of your tree, the condition of your heart. But everywhere that we go from this day, Christmas Eve, Till tomorrow and all the following, when we are in when we are in communion with all of our friends, all of our family, Jesus is saying, Remember, I was born in Bethlehem, but I belong in Jerusalem. He's saying, I was born out you were born without me, but I'm knocking to come in. Everyone and I and I I, I need you to be mindful of this as I close this morning. Nice short and sweet. I need you to be mindful of this this morning. This is Christmas, but we get caught up in materialism, and we all open our gifts. We all do the the thing, and I know it's it's really easy as children even to get caught up in the material things of Christmas. But I promise you, the Holy Ghost is working in your family. They may not be in church this morning. They may not be. They may not be at church tomorrow morning when whenever you do your Christmas festivities. Know this, that the Holy Ghost goes before you. And I hear the Lord saying, I'm going to be knocking. I'm going to be just outside. This message was for you to hear, but it's for you to hear and know what the Holy Ghost is doing. The Holy Ghost, as we get ready to go visit our people, we have many loved ones that aren't saved, that don't know the Lord. And I hear I hear God saying, I'm just outside. I'm, ju- I'm just near enough to them to hear their cry. To hear their earnest plea, God is never so far away that he can't hear the prayer of a child. 